So, uh, this morning we're, we're starting out a little bit different. Uh, I got a little video I want you to watch. Um, it's, it was a song, it's a, it's a lyric video um, by, uh, uh, by Mercy Me, that, that group, right? Um, and their songs, I'll just go ahead and say, I'm not like a, a Mercy Me super fan. I know I, I might talk about their songs a lot, um, but the reason I do is because if you're looking for truth in music, listen to one of their songs. Like, it's absolutely, they're absolutely filled with truth about who you are and who God is and what God's done in you and what he's doing in the world now and, and that kind of a thing. So um, it may not be 100% my style all the time, but I've been known to go down some rabbit holes of watching some lyric videos because it's just like, oh, I can't handle any more, but I gotta have more kind of a thing, all right? So, um, so anyway, I heard this song this week and it kind of inspired the message this morning a little bit, um, set me down a path. So go ahead and play that video and then uh, we'll... believe we've come this far and it feels just like getting started somehow we're still running like those kids back then kids back then scrape some knees and falling down but somehow we keep getting back up long as there is wonder gonna keep running yeah we'll keep running in this moment it's electric, can you see it, can you feel it, this dream inside is still alive today, yeah we're on our way.
Um, so as I was sitting there watching it this time, a new thought occurred to me on that. If you know anything about the history of Mercy Me or of, of Bart Millard, the lead singer for Mercy Me, um, just that song, the, the couple of lines about we're on our way to chase our dreams because we're made for greater things. If you know his story and his history with his father, um, there's a movie made out about, uh, I can only imagine, right? Um, the other guy that was singing in that video was his son. And so it just hit me right now, just the fact that this is probably a fulfillment of one of the dreams that he's had for his life. Um, and just, I don't know, like that just hit me right now. Um, and he's not normally in that band, but to, to have him as a part of that is pretty cool. Um, but I wanted to share that song with you uh, because as I was listening to it this week, uh, I think I've heard it before, um, but it stirred something inside of me. Um, and, and whatever it is, I don't know that I can put my finger on it, but whatever it is, it's tied to um, the last couple of lines in that chorus. Um, we're on our way to chase our dreams because we were made for greater things. Yeah, we're on our way. Um, and my spirit was just moved when I heard that. And, and well, I started to tear up, first of all, but then I also started to think about this thing that we call new life. Um, and this idea of we were made for greater things and we have a new life and all this kind of thing. And so I started processing all this stuff. And, and when we talk about being born again, we talk about that all the time here, right? We talk about being born again, about being made new, like old things have gone, new things have come. Um, I think a lot of the time, at least for me, when we talk about that idea of being made new or being born again, I'm still so, f I'm, I, 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 I say that or I talk about that or I think about that with a focus still on sin, right? Still on the thing that I've been freed from, but the focus is still there. Um, like I'm made new and, and I don't have to do that stuff anymore, or I'm born again, so I'm free from those sins or from sin in general. You know what I mean? Like the, but the, the focus is still there kind of a thing. Um, and where God took me when I heard this song and the, where the thoughts started to go this week was with that line, we were made for greater things. He really brought my, to attend, my, my mind uh, that we weren't made new for the sake of being new, okay? We weren't made new. We weren't born again just to be saved and, and forgiven from sin. Um, we don't just have new life within us, okay? Um, what struck me was that we don't just have new life within us. We actually have a new life available to us. So it's not just like this, well, I'm born again, now it's like, I'm made new, and not only am I made new, my life has completely changed because of it. The possibility that's out there is completely new because of that. And there's a difference there, okay? And so as I was, I was thinking about this, like, again, like, the first way when it's like, well, I'm made new, I'm, uh, okay, but the focus is still on that sin part, right? The focus is still on... Um, not in the same way, uh, but 
I'm free and I'm forgiven from sin. I'm not held back by it anymore. We're saved. We're safe in Christ. Lord, thank you for saving me. But you see, it's still there, okay? It's still on that, that point, okay? Um, but this other way is like it's a completely new perspective of what my life can be in Christ. And so I try to think, all right, well, what, what's a good image for this? What's a good mental picture of how this, what I'm trying to think? Because I know it's not making sense to everybody probably. Um, but have you ever seen that illustration where there's like, uh, it's like usually a stick figure and it's like uh, me and God and there's a giant chasm in between, like a big, big gap and then a cross covers, it like makes the bridge and that's how we get to God and all that stuff. Have you ever seen that image? You know what I'm talking about? Um, so in my mind, like that's, that's what I'm picturing. Like we, we, come, uh, we come as a person, we come to this great chasm that's in front of us. We're walking along, we come to this great giant gorge that's in between us and God, right? And, and like, or, or us and, and new life. And, um, and you can go a thousand miles that way and you can go a thousand miles that way and there's nothing you can do to get across it. It's too wide. You can't do anything about it, right? Um, and, and, and then all of a sudden, God provides this bridge to get across, right? God does it. And we get to walk across it and we get to get to the other side and we get to be with God and we get to get in, in, enter into new life and all of that, right? Um, but as I'm thinking about this, so often we're freed from sin and we're forgiven from sin. That is the gorge, right, in this image. That's a chasm that stands between us and God. We're freed from that. And we cross the bridge and we turn a mat around to admire the reality of what God has done. And like, oh my goodness, God, thank you. Look at the bridge. Oh, you have made a way. Look at this, the chasm. I, I, it's, it's over. I've crossed it. I'm freed from that. I don't have to do that anymore. You did something, God, that I could never possibly do. Um, now that I'm across that gorge, now that I'm across that thing, like I'm, I, I don't have to just stand on the other side of it longing to be in this new life anymore. God, you've set me free. And we start this cycle of like, Wow. Look at what you did, God. Look at what you've done. Look, it's beautiful, that bridge, right? And we're admiring it, the thing that God has done with its columns and its marble pathway. And, and, and oh my goodness, that chasm, it was so wide, God. There was nothing I could do. Oh, it was so big. Look at that. Oh, but thank you, Lord. I couldn't have done it myself, but you did it. And now I'm here. I'm on the other side. I'm in new life. And we hit that cycle and we're still looking at the thing that now we've crossed, right? We're still focused on the chasm that separated us. We're thankful we're not on the other side anymore, but we're still like, we're focused here, right? And this, <laughs> this idea is like, well, what if we cross the bridge into new life, and instead of turning around and, and admiring it, and, or not, not just admiring it, it's great to admire it, right? Great to admire God's work but not focused on the sin anymore in the chasm that did separate us. But what if we turned around and we said, new life. What is now possible in my life? Because that's behind me. God brought me across. So what is now in front of me, right? Instead of turning around and focusing on, oh man, uh, I hope I don't fall back in that thing, right? No, 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 that's gone, your cross. Turn around and get into the new life. Like what if... That was 
the way we approach life. We've not just been given new life. We've been given a new life. The possibility of new life. Um, And I want to read from Scripture. My Bible is on the floor. Why did you do that, Julia? I can't believe you. Sorry. Um, I want to read Scripture this morning from Ephesians 2, and it's a familiar Scripture. I know I've, again, I go to the same Scriptures. I understand. You probably get tired of them. But Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 10, and the first part of it really addresses that, that chasm in the bridge part, right? But then verse 10 There's a turning that's going to happen, all right? So I'm going to read the whole thing. Ephesians 2, starting in uh, verse 1, says, And you were dead in your offenses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all previously lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of of the mind, And we're by nature children of wrath, just as the rest. That's on that side of the chasm. Here comes the bridge, ready? But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him, And seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, he might show us the boundless riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. That's the the being on that side and the chasm in the bridge. You ready? Here's the turning. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. That's the the new life. That's the turning and the opportunities that lay ahead of us, right? For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. It's a turning of focus from from what I've been saved from to what I've been saved to, right? We have been made new. We are his workmanship, created and formed in Christ Jesus for things which God specifically designed and prepared for us so we could walk in them. Now, I want to address this. Like, don't lose your place on this line of thinking that we've been going, all right? Um, because we got to address the elephant in the room, uh, which is the phrase, good works, right? Um, because that can and that does trip us and other people up, okay? It, it, uh, it ends up taking you down the road of religion, which I define religion as anything that I do in order to improve my standing with God. Okay? So anything that, that I do that improves God's opinion or God's approval of me, that's religion okay? for me. Well, that's the way I understand it. Anything other than what God has done in Jesus is religion. It's Jesus plus nothing. 
okay? That's to steal a phrase from Andrew Farley. Jesus plus nothing. Uh, because if it's anything beside, besides what Jesus accomplished, if anything improves my relationship with God besides what Jesus accomplished or my standing with God, um, then we're saying that what Jesus did wasn't enough. It's the bottom line. Paul even makes that argument in, in his letter to the Galatians. He says, listen, I do not nullify grace for if righteousness, right being, if righteousness came from the law, then Christ died needlessly. That's what he's saying. If righteousness comes through works, if our right standing or our right being comes through these good works, then what did Jesus die for? What did he accomplish? So I'm going to try and make this simple, okay? You can look at the verse in Ephesians 2, and people do, okay? You can look at Ephesians 2.10, and you can, uh, can you put that back up there, actually? Um, it's the last slide. And you can interpret it. We are his workmanship, and God prepared for us good works so that we should, so we should do those good works now that we're in Christ, okay? Um, just looking on the surface, you can go there with it, right? But if you interpret that verse that way, then all of a sudden you're, you're now living your life looking for good works to do. Does that make sense? Um, because, well, God has prepared these works for me to do, so I've got to find the works that I need to do because, well, he prepared them, so it must be his will, and I don't want to miss his will, right? So I got to do these good works. I got to find these things that God wants me to do. Like, so I'm, it's, like, it's like a life of searching for the things that God prepared in advance, okay? Um, and if you get to the bottom line or the, the bottom of that, it's probably because, well, we don't want to miss his will, because if we miss his will, then how does that affect how God feels about us, right? Because that's what we're supposed to do, and I missed it, because I wasn't paying attention, or I didn't see it, or I didn't jump on it, or I was nervous, or I was, I was anxious, or whatever, right? And, and we're, in that line of thinking, we're aware of how God feels about us, because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I missed it somehow. But I want to offer a little bit of a different perspective, a different thought on that this morning. God has created us new. We are his handiwork. We have been carefully crafted. We have been designed and perfected in Jesus we have been created in Christ. This is not a haphazard event. This is not uh, you know, an offhanded thought. Oh, you know what I should do? And he writes it down on scrap paper. It's not the way this happened. This is an intentional, you are created in Christ. He has crafted you, okay? We are his workmanship. Created and crafted by him, who is also the very same one who has prepared in advance these opportunities that Paul is writing about, right? These opportunities that lay ahead of us in this new life that we have decided we are now going to explore, okay? How well are those opportunities 
going to fit us. Those opportunities that God has created, who is the very same God who has designed and crafted and perfected us in him. How are we going to do this, right? It's going to be like that. They're going to fit us perfectly. And I think, uh, in fact, when you look at the English translation, even just the, even the translation that I like and the one that we just read, it kind of takes away from some of the truth that is here. Um, when you look at the verse and it says, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, and here's the thing, so that we would walk in them. All right? That phrase, so that we would walk in them, it kind of implies when you read it that you won't if you don't want to, or you could choose to if you really try, right? So that we would. So we're going to, and we make up that mind. So that phrase in there kind of plays with us a little bit. But there is always, I'm not going to go there. Okay. But the reality is, when you look at this scripture, the reality is there is one Greek word that is interpreted so that we would walk. Or excuse me, so we would walk, okay? We would walk. There's one Greek word. Everywhere else in scripture, it's simply interpreted walk or walking, okay? There is no would, there is no should, there is no could. It is walking. He walked, walk, okay? So you could look at that. You can easily look at that and say, there's no wood involved in what Paul is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So you could read that line. We are created, put that up there, created in Christ Jesus. This is my interpretation. That's not from Scripture, right, with this alteration. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared for beforehand so that, or in order that, we walk in them. Put those two thoughts together, okay? We are, we are crafted, we are designed, we are shaped in Christ intentionally by the same God who is preparing, shaping these opportunities that lay ahead of us. And because he's the creator of both, they fit and they work together seamlessly. Who we are and what he has planned, they're like this, right? And then you add on top of that, that God's not bound by time. He's outside of time. He knows what we're gonna choose and what we're not gonna choose, right? So the works that he prepared for us ahead of time are simply the things we walk in as we live life. And if you look at the, the Hebrew word, that idea of, of walk, the, the Hebrew understanding of that, that just means live. Like if you walk, you live in it, right? So we're living in the good things, in the good works that God has prepared for us in advance to live in, okay? Not would walk in, not so we would walk in then, but because we are walking in them. In other words, we now have the freedom because we've been brought across that bridge and created new in Christ, rather than staring back at the bridge and simply admiring the salvation that's freed us from such terrible sin, we now have the freedom to turn around and live and explore a new life. And we can do it 
without constantly wondering and searching for the will of God in it all. And what is God prepared for me? And am I going to miss it? And is this the thing that God wants me to do? And all that, right? Now, instead of searching for the will of God in this, we are living the will of God. Knowing that who he has made me in Christ, that's now his will for my life, right? Who I am as a created, new creation, righteous in him, which means the options of good things for me to walk in are boundless, right? Those opportunities are boundless, and they are 100% natural for me as I am in Christ. I don't have to be anything that I'm not. It fits me. You want to talk about freedom and living in freedom? Oh, my goodness. We were made for greater things. Because we've been made new, we were created for greater things. Because we have new life, we have a new life ahead of us. Greater things. You know where that verse that comes from is uh, the Gospel of John, right? This idea of doing greater things or being a part of greater things. John chapter 14, Jesus is talking with his disciples. And uh, Philip says, you know, Lord, show us the Father. And he says, you're looking at him like we're one, me and the Father, we're one, right? Um, and, uh, and then verse 12, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask of me anything in my name, you will do it. I know that last part wasn't up there. Um, what I love about this statement from Jesus, you will do greater things than even I've done or you've seen in me. I love that that statement in, from Jesus is absolutely loaded with potential. We don't know exactly the, what greater things are out there for us. But in the context of, of what Jesus is saying, what Jesus is talking about, it's pretty clear he's talking about the miracles, right? The supernatural things that he was doing, the things that the disciples were seeing, because he's talking to the disciples. So he's talking about miraculous healings. He's talking about casting out demons and spirits. He's talking about demonstrating power over the weather. He's talking about uh, uh, talking or demonstrating power uh, over the properties of physics because he's creating matter. Like when he's feeding people out of nothing, right? You can't do that. Well, guess who can, right? Um, he's talking about uh, having power over the properties of, of, uh, of, of molecu the molecular structure of things, he turns water into wine. He's not bound by that, right? Get, think about the science of that. But it's, it just shows, it's totally limitless for Jesus, right? Totally limitless for Jesus. Nothing is out of bounds. Nothing is impossible. What people can't do, God can, right? Nothing is impossible with God. 
And Jesus is saying, you were created for even greater things than these. How do we even comprehend that? Can you imagine what life would be like if you lived like nothing was impossible? Can you imagine what life could be like if you lived like nothing was impossible? That is exactly the life we've been invited to. It's not a life of looking back at the chasm of sin that God rescued us from. Yes, we've been rescued, we've been redeemed, we've been made new. But it's not a life about hoping we don't fall back into that. It's a life of adventure and freedom and exploration and creativity and limitless possibility for what God will do. Nothing is impossible. Can you imagine if we stepped into that? Nothing is impossible. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Right? Our God is a God of possibility. He is never without options. Never. When you read Romans 15, uh, Romans 15, 13, I think that's what Paul's talking about. He says, listen, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what does hope have to do with possibility? It has everything to do with possibility, right? May the God of hope, why is he the God of hope? He's the God of hope because he's never boxed in. He's never limited. He's never without options. He is always for us. He is never against us. He has never left us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is the God of hope because he's a God without limits. There is always hope, regardless of the situation we're in. Even if the situation never changes in our time on earth, there's always hope. And it's by the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Listen to these lyrics. We're on our way to chase our dreams because we were made for greater things. Yeah, we're on our way. We're on our way because we've been made new, right? It's started. There is no fear that can bind you. There's nowhere hope won't find you. As long as we have hope, we have everything we need. For me, it just like buoys me, right? It lifts my spirit for the potential of our lives in Christ. The dreams that God put inside you, those aren't done. Nothing is impossible with God. The hopes that you have for your family, those are still a possibility. We're not without hope, ever. The unique gifts and talents and quirks and weirdness, that's all part of the plan, right? God is not planning, he's not loving you in spite of those things. He's loving you in the midst of those things. He's using your passions and your preferences and your hobbies and your goals for the good works that he's prepared for you in advance because you're crafted and you're created in him, born again with new life, with him. I was listening to a podcast not long ago, um, 
And it's a podcast where they talk about comedy um, and about comedy writing, and I'm not a comedian. You know that. Um, amen, right? Um, and I have no plans to start that. But they talk about the creative process, and it's, it's the guy who, who leads it, who does the interviews. His name's Mike Birbiglia. You may not find him funny. Um, uh, and I'm not recommending you to listen to it because it's not for everybody. Um, but there was an episode where he was interviewing Michael J. Fox, who is also not a comedian. I don't know why he was on there. Um, but, you know, Michael J. Fox famously at 29 diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Um, he's been living this thing with this thing for a long time. And it was actually, it was kind of difficult to listen to just from the perspective of like, what did he say I couldn't hear? Because kind of, it's affecting everything that he does, right? Um, but he talked about the ups and the downs of this thing um, because there's no cure for it. There's barely even treatment that helps at this point. Um, and he talked about coming to grips with that for you know, what it meant for his life. And he had one statement in that that I will never forget. In the course of this interview, he says it almost like as a, a passing thought, kind of tagged it on the end of something he just said, and they don't really talk about it or whatever. I had to search real hard to find it again because I wanted to get the exact quote. Um, so I listened to the thing like three or four times. Um, and he says a lot of good stuff in there. But this is what he says. He says, you can't set the bar high enough to eliminate the possibility of good things happening. You can't set the bar high enough to eliminate the possibility of good things happening. That means as bad as it is, you're never outside of the fact that something good might happen. And he was saying that because uh, the story was like he was in, in California, he had just moved there, he wasn't getting any jobs, wasn't getting any jobs. It was like, I got to go home and I got to pay some debt if I don't go there. And all of a sudden, he gets that job on family ties and his life changes, Right? And he said he's had enough of those experiences to understand that you can't set the bar high enough for the possibility of good things happening. Now think about that for a second. This is a guy who it would seem, certainly there's a limit for good things in his life, right? Um, he's got Parkinson's. There's no cure for that. It's terminal. He knows that. On the surface, his outlook could be pretty negative. And to hear him talk about the inter in that interview, it was very negative for quite a while. And yet somehow, he's now approaching life with this, there is no limit to how good things can get kind of attitude, right? And the kicker with all that is, to my knowledge, this guy isn't a believer, right? So he's, he's thinking that based on his own ability and his own faculties to make good things happen or to have good things happen for him and all that kind of stuff, right? How much more do we or can we who have the God of hope living within us embrace the reality that there is no end to how good things can get? There is no too far low to eliminate good things from happening. You can't outthink God on how good things can be in your life. You can't set the bar high enough to eliminate the possibility of good things happening in him. When you have the God of hope living in you, nothing is out of reach. 
Last week we talked about church and, and what church is or what church could be. Um, and I read from Hebrews 10, you know, that it's, it's famous, let's, let's get together as a church and that kind of scripture. Um, and it fits again this week. So, Hebrews 10, 23. Let's hold firmly to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who is promised is faithful. He's faithful. And let's consider how we can encourage one another in love and good deeds. Same phrase there, good deeds, works. Not abandoning our own meeting together, as is the habit of some people, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So I'm encouraging you today. I want to encourage you today. Whatever's on your heart, whatever dreams are in your head, those things aren't over. We are a people of hope because we know and love and have a relationship with the God of hope. And in the God of hope, there is no limit to what is possible. There is no limit to his goodness. Who you are doesn't surprise him. It doesn't confuse him. And it doesn't conflict with the good things that he's laid out ahead of you. In fact, it fits so tightly together that you live in them, in the freedom of Jesus Christ. And so I'm encouraging you that who you are in Christ is exactly what is necessary for your place in life, the good works that he's got, that you're going to be involved in. They don't seem like work because it's just who you are. So let's, instead of facing this way, let's turn around and let's explore the new life that we've been given. It's a new life. It's the freedom from that, not to stand here and admire the freedom from that, but it's the freedom from that to stand here and explore that. We're going to sing a few more songs, um, and then we'll close out. So let's stand and worship.